Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. We're back. This is 95.9 FM WATD in Marshfield, Massachusetts. Local news, local sports, local weather, local financial talk radio show, and local police business today, as a matter of fact. Uh, folks, we do a kind of a public service show once a year with the Marshfield police folks about uh, public safety and stuff going on. And uh, I have six local law enforcement officers sitting in the studio. Actually, five. That's right. One took off, and we're having all kinds of fun here going over stuff that's uh, pretty important, actually. So, Phil Tavares, uh, Marshfield, Marshfield Chief of Police, is my co-host and MC this morning, and the Benny part was the most fun so far, i got to tell you. But anyway... Oh, Mike DeMeo's <laughs> not going to like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go down and apologize later or something like that. Um, I think we're going to spend a little time this half hour on um, scams and fraud and stuff like that. Sure. Is that correct? Okay, but very quickly, folks, just a call and talk radio show. If you have a question uh, on any subject relating to uh, law enforcement, our telephone number is 781-837-4900. We've already had some good suggestions from one caller. And uh, if uh, that makes you a little uncomfortable, you can text us at uh, 781-775-0116. The only dumb question is the one you don't ask, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, And and real quickly, uh, next week's show... Uh, there's some all kinds of interesting proposals going on around the country about health care change and reform and stuff. And uh, Alyssa and Kirk will be talking with uh, Pat Harridan, who's a benefit specialist from uh, Arthur J. Gallagher and Company next week. And, uh, you know, you got to wonder sometimes. But it's a hot topic for sure, and uh, maybe you'll find some interesting stuff there. And then two weeks from now, uh, I'm going to do a show with... Uh, 
uh, Brendan McNamara of McNamara Sparrow uh, Funeral Home in Cohasset. About a year and a half ago, my mom died, and uh, I was uh, in charge of running through that whole process, and uh, kind of scary, kind of emotional, kind of confusing, and so we're going to talk about uh, the whole process. Uh, yep, it, there's some financial stuff considered, but you know, where do you even start at a tough time that you didn't plan for sort of a thing? He was a good guy and uh, made the process pretty easy, so there's probably a few folks out there who can uh, profit from that show, which is why I'm doing it. Okay, uh, Mr. Tavares, uh, take it away. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, it's gotten to the point now um, that uh, I don't answer my house phone anymore because it's never anybody calling for me. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it's usually uh, a robocall. Uh, lots of times it's uh, a scam. And um, it, it's got to a point where uh, lots of the residents have complained to the police about this. I even get those calls on the department-issued uh, cell phone. Uh, so they're actually... That's pretty funny when you think... Well, they're, they're, they're calling the police chief on a police phone and trying Hello? to scam them. So if, it can, if they can attempt to do it to me, they can yeah. attempt to do it to anyone. Holy cow. And uh, I know that this is a major problem, and there's been numerous people in our community and throughout, you know, throughout pretty much America that have been scammed uh, as a result of overseas um, people uh, from a different country that are trying to tap into vulnerable people here in the United States. Or over the state line. Uh, well, that, that as well, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I got a, one of the calls that I got, and it's gone around a bunch of times, is uh, it was a, a young man uh, voice uh, pretending to be my grandson, which Whoa, I don't have which, any grandchildren, Which is a surprise Mike. to you, Yeah, right? that would be quite a surprise. <laughs> okay. And uh, he said that... Yeah, uh, Anthony, he, yeah, he's not that old yet, right? No, he's okay. not. Oh. <laughs> okay, you well, hope anyway. He's right? not even okay. driving. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, so they, uh, they said that, uh, you know, grand, grandfather, uh, I did something horrible. Uh, I got in an accident. It was a total accident. Uh, people are hurt, and uh, I've been arrested, Whoa. and I need money for bail. Uh, please don't tell mom. You know, uh, can you please help me out, and so on and so forth. And that's, that's known as, you know, the grandfather or grandmother yeah. uh, scam. And um, they're attempting to get to money uh, wired to them or, or sent to them, yeah. uh, you know, for bail money. We've had a number of different scams that involve the IRS, and the cops are going to come and get you. Uh, this is going to be turned over to the local cops. Yeah, yeah. And lots of times you can tell by, you know, the, the language uh, and grammar that they're not, they're not um, you know, yeah. from the United States. Next door. That's okay. right. Yeah, okay. Um, but those scams are coming in all the time. That I, I, I highly suggest you don't do anything over the phone, and you always check with the local police department. E even, the, even the phone calls, people are claiming to be, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, these police uh, foundations, yeah. you, know, you know, to support the police. We're not calling. The Marshfield Police Department is not calling, asking for your donations, you know, calling yeah. your house and asking for that. So uh, please uh, don't. If you have any questions, uh, call us, and we'll confirm whether or not it's real or not. Yeah. Um, with me is also Detective Greg Davis, who does a number of different things up in our detective division. And uh, I don't know, Greg, do you want to touch on any of those uh, scams or, or robocalls or spam or any of that? Yeah, yeah just basically the same thing you said, that uh, they do uh, tend to go after the elderly. Yeah. Um, and and they, they, there's some professional scam artists out there, and they, they, you'd be shocked at the information that they have on people. Really? Uh, they do research online, and you know, and I think that you know the things that they say, you know, it, it makes people think that this is real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if it does seem like it's not real, chances are it's not. Just give us a call. Yeah. You know, okay. just be wary. That's all. If it's too good to be true, yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, another one that we see is the lottery scam. 
where they've uh, notified the person that they've won you know millions of dollars and they just have to pay uh, a slight tax on it uh, <laughs> ahead of time and, and you know what and, and it's Whoa. this has happened Whoa. to the point where people have taken out reverse mortgages on their houses and they've pretty much uh, drained all their accounts uh, paying oh, we need some uh, more we need uh. some more there's millions <laughs> coming there's millions coming this isn't much compared to and um, and, and it's believable to some people Wow so uh, Please uh, take warning. If and, it's and too good to be is true, is there something going on with Social Security going on? Too, yeah, those anything? same scam. Same scam. Any any of those, uh, you know, the IRS isn't going to be calling you on the phone and, and threatening to get the cops after you. <laughs> and that's the words that they're using. Cops. It takes two hours to talk to them if you the want to. The local authorities. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, and then the stuff that comes through the mail too. You yeah. know. Um, you know. You've won. You know round trip air tickets and the only thing you have to do is uh, pay you know the tax on those and you know the tickets will be sent to you from you know different airlines and you know and never mind the emails that show up too right oh it's it's just constant yeah. so okay. you know basically uh, don't trust anyone until you confirm that it's you know through the police that whether okay. or not it's a legit thing or not but I can tell you that uh, through our experiences uh, most of that stuff almost all of it, it is a scam yeah wow. unfortunately yeah and talking about uh, keeping, you know, elderly people uh, safe, we have a, a program called Safety Net, which Detective Davis uh, is in charge of, and uh, that's all funded through private donations as well. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, you want to explain the program, yeah. Greg? How yeah, it's, it's a uh, yeah. tracking system that we offer to all residents of Marshfield um, because of the donations that we have. Wow. It's free to Marshfield residents. Okay. Uh, it's a tracking bracelet that you can put on anybody that's in danger of wandering. Okay. Um, cognitive, cognitive issues such as dementia, autism, Alzheimer's, Down syndrome. Yeah. Uh, we have 24 people currently in Marshfield that are on the, the bracelet. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And uh, it, it, we've been very successful with it. So uh, if anybody out there is, you know, think can think of anybody that is in need of something like that, just call yeah. me at the police station. Is that on, on like your website or have you? Have you have it is on our website. Okay. Yes. Yep. All right. And uh, okay. you can just call me at the police station, and yeah. uh, we we can again. It's a free service yeah. uh, because of the generous donations yeah. that we've got. Wow. And so okay. you know, anybody that needs it in town, please hit us up. Wow. Well, it probably won't put Benny out of business, but nevertheless, no, no, it'll it's, help, it's, right? it's, we've been again, we've been very <laughs> successful with it here in town. So. Yeah. Nice. Do, do, do other towns have stuff? They like do. That? And, uh, it's, it's, uh, we have the uh, tracking ability here in Marshall with the fire department, the police department, uh, the state police air wing has the technology. Wow. And the uh, sheriff's department. Oh, wow. Cool. And at any point, uh, you know, we, we were able to use a drone now, too, to help us search an area if we've got a general vicinity. And uh, the Marshfield Airport, uh, anytime we've ever asked to go up into an airplane, um, every single time, the, the, as long as the weather has been appropriate, uh, they've done that for us. Wow. They've been great neighbors. Wow. Oh. You want to explain how that uh, tracking program works? Because I know that you, you test it frequently. I yes, just yeah, we do monthly tests for the people that are on the bracelet. Just uh, It's a radio frequency. It's not GPS. Okay. Uh, we find that it's more reliable than GPS because it can go through buildings, ah. brick walls, everything. Uh, okay. It actually even goes 15 feet underwater. Whoa. Okay. Uh, so it's basically a, a radio frequency signal that bounces off of this transmitter. That we can we can track, and how it's good for how far away? Well, it's good, good for up to two miles. Okay. Uh, once we get a signal with the the mobile antenna, we go handheld, and then we can actually locate the person. Wow! And you and, and we do testing all the time. We'll wow. actually put a bracelet on one of our yeah. offices and say, "Hey, go get lost," and then we'll yeah. come up with a scenario and we'll go out and find them. Have you had a chance to use that for real just yet? Yes. Yeah. We we've done, uh, we've actually had uh, four, I believe, in the past ten years successful saves with the uh, the system. Wow! Wow! And it, I know of at least two of them. Uh, where had we not found them, uh, they would have perished. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. There was one situation where Mia was uh, trapped in, in the marsh. She was tangled up in weeds in the marsh at low tide, and the tide was coming in. Whoa, whoa. 
so that's know. that's quite a program. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. You know, we're real, uh, and, and again, that's all been privately uh, funded. Okay. So we'd like to thank the community for that. Uh, in addition to that, um, some of the other things we do to help keep people safe, uh, working with our detective division, is um, project outreach. Uh, would you like to explain how that works? Yeah, uh, that, that's something that uh, it's fairly new. It's uh, because of the opioid epidemic that we're having here in town. Yeah. Uh, whenever there's an overdose now, um, we go out after the overdose and we, we visit with the victim and the victim's family. Uh, we go out with a uh, licensed, um, they call the recovery coach. Okay. And what we do is we, we'll knock on the door, introduce ourselves, we explain, hey, nobody's in any trouble here. Yeah. We just want to offer some assistance. And this yeah. recovery coach will sit down with the person and offer to get them in a bed in a recovery situation uh, or just talk to them they give them their phone number and you know oh, it's, well. we've been very successful with that as well, well yep. and, and that's privately funded uh, no so that, that actually was started it's, it's a county-wide program so okay. every police department in the county uh, is part of it and was started with the d district attorney uh, Tim Cruz and with our sheriff Joe uh, McDonald um, okay, so the the uh, counselor that's a Massachusetts employee from someplace. Then how does that work? Uh, uh, it's a it's a healthcare provider uh, from a uh, private agency. Okay, right. Okay, yeah. no, so wow. the the idea of it is is that you know we would know when somebody overdosed uh, in our community. Yeah, uh, but. If there was a Marshfield resident that overdosed in another community outside of Marshfield, we'd never find out about that. Okay. So anytime there's an overdose in any community within Plymouth County, it gets put into a, a, a database and we're immediately notified, um, you know, member of Marshfield, uh, one of your yeah. residents, yeah. Okay. overdosed in, uh, you know, a, another community. So that would allow us uh, to go reach out to the family members or the person once they've come back from the hospital and sit down with them and, and offer them uh, any kind of assistance, including, uh, you know, residential treatment right then and there try to get them a bed yeah that's pretty amazing actually when you think about the concept wow that's yeah it's nice. great yeah and that's wow. all that's in addition to you know all the other things we're doing to you know try to uh, combat this uh, opiate epidemic and um, you know we've got the prescription drug drop-off box 24 7 in our lobby to get rid of uh, the un unused unwanted expired medication and uh, without you know trying to destroy the water system you know contaminate our water system you, you just come down and drop it off uh, if you can't if you don't have transportation or trouble with transportation, a detective will come out to the house, pick that medication up for you, and just dispose of it properly. Uh, recently, we worked with uh, Marshfield Community Television to create an educational video on the opioid epidemic. Um, and there's a number of different people in our community and in our county that's part of that video. Um, you know, the police officers, every police officer is trained uh, in carrying Narcan and automatic external defibrillators because oftentimes uh, being mobile, we're first on scene. So we're able to provide that emergency medication, okay. which is a reverser to the opiate um, and uh, is a lifesaver. And, um, you know, there's just a, a number of different things. Uh, the overdoses also get reported to the Plymouth County uh, Probation Department. Okay. And uh, whether or not the person's on pro probation, it doesn't matter. By the way, we have a, a text uh, for uh, Officer Davis, or Detective Davis. Are you ready? It says, do you have any local short stories about recovered stolen property? 
That's an interesting question. I yeah. Well, I, yeah. it, it almost seems as though with the uh, first text about yeah. uh, is there a height requirement yeah. and short story yeah. that okay. uh, this may be, uh, you know. So you guys pick up stuff like that. I, you know, okay. <laughs> anyway. We've got several long stories. Yes, yeah. you have any uh, associate officers giving you a hard time? Is this what's going yeah, on? That's probably yeah. what's okay. going on, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And there's nothing wrong with yeah. a good sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you want to say hello to your mom while you're here? No. Okay. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, no, um, just a, a question for any of you guys. Um, several times you talked about working with other police departments or some of the groups you guys have formed with canines and stuff. Does that come uh, from, like, well, I'm sure it comes lots of different ways, but how does that come about? Is that just police department to police department trying to do some stuff, or is that a town-wide okay, agreement a, kind of? How's okay. that I mean, it's, it sounds pretty cool, but how's yeah. that all at work? Oh. So uh, this is uh, quite... Uh, we could talk about this for a long time. I'm sure. But I, 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 I'll, give, I'll give you a general overview. Okay. Uh, the Marshfield Police Department uh, founded and still directs the Old Colony Police Anti-Crime Task Force, which okay. uh, consists of 18 communities within Plymouth County that have signed a permanent state of mutual aid with one another. Okay. So. Uh, now, by the way, is, that's at the police. Well, the police department started that, but the towns have to agree to that, I guess, correct? Yes. Got it. Okay, yeah. Yep. All right. It's all under Chapter 40, Section 8G, okay. that allows a permanent state of mutual aid. So, okay. basically, absent uh, a, a handful of uh, things, uh, the police in Marshfield would be limited to their, you know, their bound boundaries yeah, yeah. to have you know full police authority okay you know we could arrest anywhere in the state on a warrant uh, anywhere in the state on a felony okay. um, you know if there was fresh and continuous pursuit uh, a request of a verbal request for mutual aid under 4099 um, but to have a permanent state of mutual aid where we have the exact same police powers here as we would have in say Duxbury or uh, Hingham or Hull um, yeah. we created this uh, memorandum of understanding that every community had to sign off on, and it's good until it's rescinded in writing. Oh, wow. And it, okay. it, it creates, so basically criminals um, and crime doesn't adhere to any borders. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it, going over the town line doesn't mean, oh, we can't follow you anymore. Well, guess what? Uh, the police have full police powers, uh, you know, in all these towns that signed off to that M MOU. Okay. And um, there's cost savings there because we share, you know, not only in uh, intelligence, which is information, yeah. but we share vehicles and equipment uh, under that memorandum of understanding. So if we have something, the next community doesn't have to buy it. Or if, say, Situate has something, they could lend it to us and we don't have to buy it. And it averages out over the long run, I'm sure. Yeah, it sure, sure does. Yeah. And then okay, even nice. with the detective division, yeah. if we have, uh, you know, it doesn't take long before the criminals uh, in our area know what our detectives are driving. Okay. But if we swap out our vehicles and give our vehicles to Carver, and Carver uses, oh, okay. and we start using Carver's vehicles, um, and we start using, say, a detective from Carver, a face that they don't know, um, it, it's just been uh, it's been wonderful. Uh, it's been great. Yeah. It's the most it makes a whole lot of sense when you think about it. Sure. It's the most effective yeah. and efficient way to combat crime. Yeah, cool. without a question. Okay. Additionally, besides that memorandum of understanding that has 18 communities, Metrolec is a is a you know a law enforcement council that we belong to that has about 48 communities in it, and that's all under a um, mutual aid agreement as well. So we'd have full police powers in those 48 communities, and there's another one for southeastern Massachusetts where there's, I think, 30-some-odd. So um, I'm not going to say we have statewide powers, but we have, uh, I think there's 351 cities and towns in, in, um, 
in the state of Massachusetts, we yep. have full police powers in, in probably uh, close to 100. Okay, okay. Uh, I have a text. Uh, I am interested in the community acknowledging covered or missing speed limit signs throughout the town. Uh, hang on a second. Uh, namely, the schools. I'm not sure what that. There's something going on um, with that. Uh, I'm. Sh- I'm I. I'm not aware, but th- yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that uh, you know there's there's street signs and uh, traffic signs that are probably missing in various locations. Okay. Uh, we've been uh, working with the DPW. Um, they've been you know very busy. Uh, doing a lot of number of different things yeah uh, they, i know they're concentrating now on painting all the crosswalks so we'll make sure that if there's school signs that are missing yeah, okay. um you know it's the end of the school year now but uh, let's make sure that they're up in uh, in um proper working order and posted yeah, okay. uh, before school starts in september uh to that point folks this is the call in talk radio show if you have a question or comment for our local police officers our telephone number here seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred and uh I always prefer calls, but if you'd rather not call, you can text us at uh, 781-775-0116, and uh, hopefully we can help you out there. Okay. Some of the goals, uh, we have a number of goals that uh, each fiscal year we take a look at, um, you know, whether or not, you know, this is something that we want to go after and uh, how long uh, it'll take to do it. one that we had that was quite a burden was um, to completely improve property and evidence in our storage room and develop uh, some new policies and uh, get some new equipment that would help us um, maintaining uh, you know a uh, you know the security and accountability of our uh, stuff that's in evidence okay. because it's necessary that the handling of all types of property uh, be carefully accounted for in order to minimize the possibilities of adverse claims against the police okay. and, and basically to enhance its credibility when used in court as evidence. So um, we wanted to establish guidelines for the Marshfield Police Department for the strict control and accountability of all the property, uh, whether in the form of, but not limited to, contraband, um, controlled substances, evidence. You found guys have to have a big place for that stuff. I'm going to well, it's right. not it's not big enough. And okay. before the end of the show, we'll get into that because I'd like to talk about uh, the need for uh, a new facility. Okay. Okay. Uh, found property, unclaimed property, or abandoned property. Uh, all the stuff that's been in the custody of the Marshfield Police Department. So, I had uh, Sergeant Brian Tingley, who's who's here, um, take charge of this uh, massive uh, undertaking. Uh, this this. We really needed to get this done. Yeah. Uh, Brian um, worked on this for uh, nearly two years because we, we changed out locks. Uh, we had audits done. Uh, we added key phobes. There's only two people that have keys. I, I don't have a key to that. There's only two people. Um, there's, cam- there's cameras that were added inside the property room. Um, there were a number of different things that were done uh, and policies that were written and improved. And uh, it, Brian, were you able to talk about that at all? Uh, By the way, yeah, and, sure. and tell us some of the ways that, that that stuff can mess up things. I mean, they must mess up uh, legal proceedings. They may have well, liability, y- stuff like that. You know, uh, yeah. the great thing is is that uh, Brian, besides being a sergeant, is also an attorney. Ah, okay. And okay. Um, so uh, he is looking at things through, um, you know, two different eyes. Yeah, all right. So just a spoiler alert, this is going to be probably the least cool you know, portion of the show. <laughs> Mike DeMail is not going to have to worry about this at all. <laughs> but, it <might> be, <laughs> <laughs> but it might be the most important. Who knows? Probably so, is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you're sure if you're aware, but a few, uh, there's been some couple of recent high-profile um, evidence room problems with other departments um, on, in the area. Um, and it, it can 
be a giant liability to the town. Um, it can be a giant liability to the credibility of the department yeah. um, as far as what they'd be able to, you know, in court. Um, if our, we don't have very um, controlled procedures and how we're going to get evidence from this, you know, the crime scene to the court, um, it can uh, it can invalidate a whole um, investigation. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff, Mike, even the uh, prescription drop-off box that we have in the lobby, you know, the, the strict procedures that are in place when we when it comes to um, cleaning that out, and we're cleaning it out on a, a weekly basis. Yeah. So uh, it's full, uh, say, uh, after a week. Um, two offices, not one by themselves, two have to um, go together, they, each witness to each other. They have to uh, empty it, and uh, they're the only ones with keys. And uh, it gets put into uh, a box mm -hmm. and sealed with evidence tape, yeah. right. uh, and they write their names over it. And then it gets taken into that property room where they're the only ones with keys, and then locked into a, another room inside that room. Um, and if that's anything, a whole lot of CYA, isn't it? It, it really is. <laughs> Holy and, cow! <laughs> and that's and um, that program itself has been one of probably a, a giant yeah. success. I mean, I mean, it can mess. It can result in a really big mess up if you're not careful. Basically, right? absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah. And, we, and even this year alone, we've done almost uh, just over 700 pounds of prescription medications have been dropped off. Whoa! So that's a nice touch, that's a yeah. large uh, that's yeah. a large amount of, of medications are now not in people's hands or in the, in the environment. Yeah, that's um, almost like a whole department within a department to keep all that stuff square basically it, it yeah. can be it yeah. can be yeah okay. and it's um and it's, there's two of us and you know we're both full-time um so it's uh but yeah it, it was a giant over undertaking um we our, our facility is somewhat limited it's yeah. an old building so we a lot of what we had to do was retrofitted to, to get it up to um to the professional standards that um that are in place today um but i mean but we're there so we're, you know we're we're operating and it's like it's a uh, it's been good. So, so it, it's got to be. You got to have space issues there. So, what do you, I mean? Yeah. At some point, do you clean old stuff out, or how, do, how does that go? Well, or, yeah. Uh, we, I mean, there's new. Um, there's a loss for everything. So we have uh, like retention laws. We have to abide by. You know, obviously some cases we have to keep forever. Some there's okay. some kind of statute limitations. Wow. So whenever we have, so keeping on top. Part of the you know our management is, is to keep making sure that we're getting rid of stuff yeah. when we when we can, so we can keep having space for new stuff coming in. Yeah. So it's a constant turnover. Is, is that and mostly computer? now or is that or how does that work? our management system is computerized okay um, but it, you know we have physical evidence obviously we have to you know move around yeah. and it's, yeah. so wow okay so it's a it's a yeah. Yeah, very exciting stuff yeah, you know? the, the, real, real, real yeah. barn burner here yeah well, you're, <laughs> you're, your your department's small but it's big enough to have to have one of these and it's probably not that's interesting okay, yeah cool. I mean yeah. I mean and it's, yeah. it's, it's a giant liability issue for yeah. you know if I mean if you lost somebody's watch or five thousand dollars that was evidence for this right. that or the other thing right stuff that you, yeah wow yeah drugs okay. money and uh, yeah. okay did did Phil time it so you only got to spoke, speak three or four or five minutes at the no, end well, of the right. show you know what it's how's probably that more than enough yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anything anything else you want to talk about while you're here <laughs> Brian's got numerous responsibilities so I understand um, yeah, have at it. again I, I get that I have all the really fun stuff so if you want to talk about policies we can do that but I, I think probably more entertaining you know topics that we can discuss well, that. For, you know, from a public <laughs> point of view maybe so. like people have a yeah. question so, <laughs> so what kind of things do you get other things you get so you're the only attorney officer on the force basically at the, at right now, yeah. Yeah. we've had other attorneys before, but yeah. currently, yes. So, what kind of things they sock you with uh, to do here? Well, well, this stuff, the policies <laughs> and procedures, yeah. you know, the you know the evidence stuff, you yeah. know. But I mean, I you know, I hate to say it, and I'll and I'm on the radio, so that's terrible. But uh, I I do enjoy this stuff. Yeah. I do kind of I'm kind of a nerd like that when it comes to that type of stuff. So, um, 
I guess they probably picked the right person for the job. If you don't like what you're doing, you're in trouble, basically. <laughs> round plugs and round holes. Yeah, yeah. nice. Okay. Uh, if, nice. I could, if I could intervene, yeah, uh, sure. Brian recently received a promotion, if you wanted to talk about that. Uh, oh, he yes. probably doesn't, but go ahead, right? <laughs> no. Oh, is that right? I, I don't know if I know this. No, yeah. In the, I'm, I'm also a, a JAG, a, so I'm a Judge Advocate General in, oh. the, in the Army Reserve. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. And um, I've just been recently selected for major. Oh, wow. So. All right. You got to well, come in. I guess the, the oh. boss is the last to find out. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Facebook friend, I guess. <laughs> That's great. So you're outranked. You got a major and a commander in the force. Uh, it's right? terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All you right. think I'm more stars than anybody. Uh, <laughs> it's just about time for bait. Anything else you want no, to say? I, well, I, I think I'm good. Nice. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate that. Let's do it, Tim. Okay. We're back. This is 95.9 FM, WATD in Marshfield, or Marshfield, as we semi-natives call it. Uh, my name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. We're uh, talking with uh, Chief Phil Tavares and a number of uh, other Marshfield uh, police officers, and we're having all kinds of discussion topics today, and I've got a text that uh, our good chief can respond to here. You say the stores and bars pass the alcohol test. That's a statement. Uh, how can you allow underage drinking in the dunes down Rexham? What do you think is in those backpacks? Ooh, that's, a, that's, yeah, an that's an interesting a one. one. Alrighty, yeah. so there you go. Uh, certainly we don't allow or condone um, underage drinking. Uh, we take it very serious. Uh, as I said before, there's been a number of alcohol-related tragedies here in town, and uh, we won't tolerate it. Uh, minor in possession of alcohol, um, public drinking uh, are, are all against the law. Uh, the, the question about what do you think are in those backpacks, yeah. um, unfortunately, we don't have x-ray vision, yeah. and people do have rights. And the Marshfield Police Department will not violate somebody's rights you know, in conducting illegal search and seizure. Um, we have to follow the rules. We have to follow the laws. And once they are found breaking the law, you know, once those things are outside the backpack and in plain view where we can see them um, is when we can do something about it. Um, uh, unless I, we I assume you guys patrol Wrexham Dunes somewhat regularly during we're the summer? There. Yeah. We're currently there every yeah. single night. Really? Yep. And wow. um, you okay. got to remember that that's a seasonal activity for the department, I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Right? Wow. You know, you have the ocean on one side, wow. you have the river on the other, yep. and uh, in between um, is uh, other dunes, and um, there's uh, numerous places to hide, and it also borders uh, another community. Yeah. So people go back and forth between Situate and Marshfield. Oh. But if anybody's aware of anybody doing any illegal activity out there, we certainly would encourage you to call us. Or maybe now it should be text us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, well, I was thinking that the the, the person who did that text, uh, obviously. Well, I would hope that. Well, a thanks for the text, but b I would hope that they would be in touch with you if they yeah. had some, so, something come on out of one of those backpacks. Well, stuff. yeah. I mean, not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mike, not only you know is that a major problem and a concern with underage drinking, which we would you know, never allow. Yeah. Um, what happens is they they. They have fires in the dunes as well. They're breaking our snow fence, which is protecting the dunes, to use that as firewood. Whoa, there's whoa. Been, yeah, there's been vandalism down there. <laughs> this is a nice part of the world geographically down there. It's real pretty. That's right. Yeah. And right. so, But we have had directed patrols every single night on all three shifts to uh, combat that problem. Wow. But if they if they walk right over to Situate yeah. and they're not in Marshfield when we get there, there's not a lot we can do about it. Yeah, wow. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Folks, this is a call-in talk radio show. If you have a call, it's 781-837-4900. And if you have a text, which would be number 5, it's uh, 781-775-0116. Okay, so we have yeah, maybe 
22 minutes or so, and any place you want to go or things you want to cover, that's your time limit. So, All right, great. You're, you're in charge. So uh, I think it'd be nice for the public uh, to hear about uh, some of the problems that we're facing with uh, some of the illegal drugs that are out there and some of the trends. Okay. And with me is Lieutenant Chris Jones, who's assigned to the DEA task force out of Boston. Already. Good morning. Thank you. That sounds pretty impressive. Marshfield and Boston. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably a pretty busy guy, right? It, it can be busy sometimes. All right. Where do you want to go here? Um, I just talk in general. The chief had mentioned this, so we kind of gathered some thoughts um, on where drugs started yep. and how we got to the current situation we're in with the opioid epidemic. Okay. I don't think Marshfield's um, unique in any way. Yeah. I think that this is a problem that's plaguing the entire country. Um, I think if we wanted to go back and look at how we got here, I think it probably started back in the late 90s with um, the introduction of OxyContin okay. um, to the United States. Yep. I think that we started off, um, it was probably prescribed to people that didn't necessarily need it. I think that probably led to um, the progression of addiction. Um, I think, unfortunately, by the time the country as a whole realized the danger of the medication. It had already run its course, so to speak. Unintended consequences. Yeah, the train had left the station, and we were just, ever since, I think we've been playing catch-up. Whoa. Um, I think that you had a lot of people that started down the road with addiction um, prescription medication. Yep. And eventually you can't support that habit. It becomes too expensive, which uh, makes you transition to um, other illegal street drugs, heroin, um, which brings us to today where we're seeing... Um, heroin is dwindling and it's being replaced by fentanyl. And I, I think the the analogy that was explained to me uh, as far as fentanyl and the potency of it, um, if you picture, a, um, picture a, a bowl of water at your house and you were to take a tablespoon of pure heroin and that bowl of water represents your cutting agent that you're going to mix yep. to stretch out your supply of heroin. Yep. Well, you could dump that tablespoon into the bowl of water and it's going to take you a while to mix it up because oil and water, naturally, the oil rises to the top. Yep. Now, if you were to take just a dropper with, say, blue food coloring and put one or two drops of blue food coloring into that same bowl of water and it spreads, goes a uh, lot it further. goes a lot further. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's probably the easiest way to think about fentanyl. Um, and obviously, the attraction to it from the, the drug organizations is that uh, a much smaller amount of product um, is... Is in, on their end, the fentanyl end, uh, is able to be produced in a larger quantity for distribution to the street. In my business, we'd call that leverage, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. It, from a strict, you know, strictly a business perspective, <coughs> yeah. um, it, it's ingenious. Yeah. Wow. wow. And uh, cot fentanyl. Uh, you want to touch on that for a minute? So, so that. So this is like a, a large percentage of your response or activity as a police department, or a good-sized chunk of it, I presume. Or yeah, we're dealing yeah. with overdoses on a on a regular basis, Whoa. unfortunately. Whoa. Yeah. And, okay. and and a lot of the overdoses are ones. I mean, th- these are the ones that we're we respond to and we're made aware of. Yeah. There's also a lot of others that we just don't know about. Okay. So you can't necessarily measure the success of uh, you know whether or not uh, we're getting through this uh, opiate epidemic by the number of overdoses that. Uh, are reported to us because there's so many people at home that have their own Narcan that are treating um, each other and not notifying, uh, you know, emergency medical services or the police. So obviously, is Narcan available to the public? Yes, it is. it is. Yeah. Well, I guess that's a good thing in many respects. I guess. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it wow. is saving lives. Yeah. For well, sure. Okay. Yeah, it's probably one of those things too. I think 
Certainly in, in our field, um, it's something that we've been aware of. I've been a police officer for 20 years now. Yeah. And, I mean, we were seeing overdoses 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, this is a never-ending problem. No, and, and, and I think... And, and you, all you can do is react to it. You can't do too much about it, I would yeah, say. I always yeah. say, too, I mean, it, yeah. realistically, it's it's a problem that goes back to the dawn of mankind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, as long as humans have the ability to, to make their own decisions yeah. and, and choice, yeah. um, that ultimately, that first choice to decide to try drugs... Yeah. Um, you know, you, you progress to addiction, with, and there's a lot of science behind that as well. But uh, unfortunately, it's something that's going to be with us as long as uh, humans walk this earth. So, so you're connected to the Boston thing. How, how's that work, or what's, so, the, what's the reason for that? I'm a, uh, a deputized task force, task force officer with the DEA. Okay. Um, okay. So I've been, uh, my unit is based out of Boston. Okay. And we started as it, we're called the Tactical Diversion Squad. Uh, our original mandate, our, our current mandate actually, is to uh, investigate um, pharmaceutical cases. Okay. So that the in, the inception of the task force was to combat um, the oxycodone problem. We progressed from oxycontin to oxycodone. Okay. And back in, I went up to the task force in 2011. That was one of the most prevalent drugs we were seeing, the oxycodone yeah. 30 milligram blue pills. Okay. Um, our mandate is... Uh, we are funded by fines that hospital pay, hospitals pay, fines that doctors pay, fines that hospitals pay. Uh, it's, we're also funded by registrations uh, that doctors have to pay to have the DEA number okay. to write prescriptions for um, scheduled narcotics. Oh, okay, yeah. So with that funding, uh, we all, we have access to quite a uh, amount of resources. Uh, the only uh, issue for our group is that we have to have a nexus between what we're doing for work. Um, and uh, pharmaceutical medication. Okay. okay. So essentially, uh, they investigate and go after doctors, dentists, and street-level dealers. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, higher up the... Uh, prescription medication. Yeah, okay, got it. Okay. Right. Okay. Huh. Wow. It's, Whoa. I, I think, you know, it's one of those things that, um, you know, certainly 20 years ago we could see a problem. And, I you know, I credit a lot of um, leaders of the state for recognizing the opioid epidemic. Yeah. Uh, I wish, I guess my wish would be if we could have gone back in time and recognized this problem and given its attention um, yeah. 20 years ago, we'd probably be in a better place. Yeah. I well, think we were a little late to the party here in Massachusetts. Yeah, that's uh, sad to hear. We're, we're, uh, we're also uh, seeing uh, cart fentanyl, which is uh, uh, much more powerful than, than regular fentanyl, to the point where we have new procedures now with money that's seized uh, anywhere around um, cart fentanyl because it potentially could be... Um, you know, an overdose just from touching the money that was uh, involved with uh, somebody that had carfentanil. You could get an accidental exposure just by, you know, counting the money. Whoa. Yeah, there's been several examples in Massachusetts. Uh, police officers on car stops have, have been exposed to it. Whoa. Huh? Whoa. Yeah, it's truly a hazmat situation and, uh, when you encounter that. Um, additionally, what we're seeing uh, small amounts of uh, throughout the region, but it seems to be increasing, is uh, crystal meth. In fact, um, Tuesday morning at 1.15 a.m., um, Officer Tom Fitzgerald pulled over a pickup truck with an inspired inspection sticker uh, on Route 139. And um, the driver and the passenger were both arrested. And uh, there was a, a man hiding under the blanket in the back seat, uh, excuse me, in the back bed of the pickup truck. He was hiding. And he initially gave the false name of uh, Michael Carpine, uh, 1019 of 77. and. Uh, all three men were arrested. Uh, they were found to be in possession of crystal meth, a bag of crystal meth, and uh, crystal meth pipes. 
Uh, it turns out that uh, the man that gave the name of Michael Carpine was really Matthew E. Parsons with a date of birth of 820 of 1976. He is currently wanted at this time uh, because he was arrested, processed, and taken to court. Um, the, the true Michael Carpine did not have uh, a criminal history, so he was released uh, with no bail. Whoa. So he's currently out there, Whoa. and he's wanted not only on a number of charges from the Marshfield Police Department, but there's been a warrant out there for the better part of uh, you know seven or eight years from the Weymouth Police Department for a number of crimes as well. So if anybody goes oh. to our website, yep. our Facebook page, or Twitter, they'll find the wanted poster for Michael E. Parsons, 820 of 1976, who used the false name of Michael Carpine. Michael Carpine, unfortunately, um, has passed away. So he was using the identity of um, a young man that uh, has been deceased. So that was extremely uh, difficult for the family to hear Whoa. when they read about uh, the news release in the in the newspaper Whoa. article. Whoa. We have a, a text uh, related to the subject. Is it true that a marijuana dispensary is moving into Marshfield? I heard a rumor that... Uh, whatever. So I'll just stop there. Is that what's going on with that? Is it, is so the the uh, there was um, no way to stop a uh, medical marijuana facility from coming to town. So we zoned it, okay. and it's zoned basically in the area that we're in, in this industrial park area, and along Route 139 up to the Pembroke Line. Okay. Um, the um, then came recreational marijuana, and uh, in Marshfield um, there was a vote to to ban it. Uh, the v vote did not pass. Uh, the uh, the um, article at town meeting did not pass. The ban did not pass. Therefore, it is allowed within this area this, where it's zoned. So the selectmen. So um, there's a distinction between medical and pr pr personal use, basically. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, now that it's all recreational, it's a, I mean, there's really yeah. not much. You don't not, need a license, not, any, not against yeah, the law. Not anymore because it's recreational. Okay, yeah, okay. to have under an ounce. Uh, you know, okay. you can have up to uh, 12 plants at your house, six per person, but up to 12 plants at your house, you can, you know, up to 10 ounces. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. But it is what it is. It's the vote of the people, and we're here just to enforce the law. So, yeah. in an effort to uh, better control what was going on, the, the uh, Board of Selectmen took a vote to limit um, the town of Marshfield to have only two marijuana facilities. Um, and um, that passed through the Board of Selectmen. So they're currently um, accepting applications for those. One has already been, um, there's already been an, a, an agreement between the uh, the board and uh, one marijuana company. Yeah. And there's another one that uh, I'm told that uh, they'll be voting on probably uh, sometime later this month. Okay. But nothing would be opened up within, it'd probably take a year and a half before anything's opened here. Okay. Uh, so there's one in the works for sure and there's another one possible. Oh, they'll definitely yeah. be, uh, my feeling is they'll definitely be two. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, but it, they, you won't see them in operation for probably a year and a half. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, you got about two, ten minutes now, eleven minutes. So okay, we we touched on it earlier about uh, you said, geez, you don't. Uh, sounds like you're going to need an awful lot of space for that uh, that evidence room. Well, <laughs> it's not temperature controlled. It is extremely narrow. It is overcrowded. Um, there's a number of different problems with it, but that's just that's just the evidence room. Yeah. Um, you know, we've said that we take pride in our police station. You drive by it, and it looks beautiful on the outside, but the inside. Uh, has major problems and is a huge liability for the town. Our police station was built in 1958 and there was an addition and a, a renovation to certain areas in 1978. However, by 1986, 
the uh, town of Marshfield master plan re- recommended expansion of the police headquarters. In 2002, there was an analysis and needs assessment along with a long-term master plan um, conducted, and they recommended a need for a new police station. And in 2014, an independent third party, uh, Durham Whitaker Architects Incorporated, conducted a capital assessment of all the town's buildings. And the findings for the police station were that uh, the current building codes and industry guidelines have changed significantly since the original construction occurred and that there are a number of issues affecting the health, welfare, and safety of our offices, staff, and visitors. And in 2015, according to the Town of Marshfield Master Plan, the recommendation was that the police facility does not meet its current needs based on the 2013 survey, and there needs to be a plan to develop and address the required upgrades to correct the police department headquarters of all of its deficiencies. Sounds like the town has been slow to react to that. Well, for the past 33 years, (laughs) the Marshfield Police Administration has attempted to address, you know, all these major deficiencies. Uh, to make the building functional, and um, unfortunately, uh, we've gotten um, we, we haven't had any of it done. Okay. I mean, none of it meets. You know, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But uh, our electrical system is a, is a complete hazard. We've had a fire in there, and we didn't even know about it because our um, smoke alarm system uh, uh, is insufficient and it doesn't have the proper coverage and it's uh, antiquated. And addi- the building does not even have sprinkler systems. So there was actually a fire in the building, which we didn't even know about, down in the basement. Um, and the only way we found out about it was uh, eventually wow. there was a loss of power. So, um, you know, our cell blocks. So there's some illegal stuff going on in the police building is what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. <laughs> That's kind of weird, We huh? are Whoa. grandfathered into it because yeah. of the age of the building. Yeah. But... Just you couldn't meet any of the new codes. Oh is what you're no, saying. no, no, no. Yeah. The, I wow. mean, the main hallway through the middle of the police station is only three feet wide. Two people can't walk through it at the same time. Yeah. Ha- none of it meets handicap accessibility guidelines. Um, yeah, one of the things about big government is you keep on making new laws. You got to keep up with that sort of a thing. And here you are, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Wow. The male, female, and juvenile cell cell blocks uh, don't meet any of the su- state uh, suicide prevention guidelines. And every single year, the state Department of Public Health comes down and they fail the cell block for numerous violations. Wow. So we put a bandaid on it, and you know try to address some of the small things, um, but uh, the deficiencies, uh, you know, the heating and air conditioning and cooling system, you know, there's, there's mold, there's, um, there's lead paint in our building, there's asbestos in the building, our pipes freeze because the, uh, and we, uh, this last winter we went two weeks without heat. Um, even when we Whoa. have heat, um, our administrative staff, there's three civilians uh, that work there, they have to use space heaters. Uh, under their desk, uh, just to you know keep themselves warm, even and they're wearing jackets in the winter. So, so what's going on? I mean, what's well, uh, we were fortunate enough that the people at town meeting, uh, the good citizens, voted um, six hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a design for a new police station. So the goal would be um, to have a design in place with cost estimates in October to go in front of town meeting again. Okay. To yeah. ask for funds for a new facility, uh, it's my understanding that uh, there'll also be f- th- there'll be one request for funding for both the police for the police station, in addition to the senior center and a new DPW facility. Okay. Um, if that passes at town meeting, which I certainly hope it does, then it'll go on the ballot uh, probably a week later, where the people will 
will have to come out and vote whether or not they're in favor of this. Okay. Something has to be done. I don't yeah. know, you know. Yeah, we, it, it, it certainly works for schools, but we've ignored our infrastructure in this state for a whole long time across the board, and the, the piper is coming due here, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I wow. mean, it's a, it's a severe uh, safety issue, too, uh, yeah. for the police department. The people that visit it, the people that uh, work there, and uh, the people that are housed there as, as prisoners, it's, it's a major problem. Wow. Okay. Yep. Okay. So we've got, what do we have, about nine minutes, Mike? Yeah, plus or minus. Oh, I'd really like to thank the uh, the citizens of Marshfield for uh, assisting us with some of the um, fundraising events that we've done, uh, the most successful being Cops for Kids with Cancer. We kick yeah. it off every that, year now nice, yeah. with, uh, we, we kind of look like you a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we, we grow beards. Uh, the officers pay $100 each to grow a beard. All right. And um, that money goes, that was $4,000 in and of itself, uh, 40 officers that grew beards. All righty. Uh, but in November, we had that event, and, and we raised $75,210. It was at Haddad's. Nice. And uh, the community came out, and boy, you know, it was, what a wonderful event. So that was our fourth year doing it. Yeah. So in total, uh, for, the, for the four years that we've been doing it, uh, we've raised uh, over $150,000 for Cops of Kids with Cancer. Nice. Nice. Nice to be part of the community, right? Oh, it's it, it, we're so fortunate. Yeah, we see, cool. you know, the members of the community come out for for everything. They're so supportive of the police. Um, I know that uh, in different parts of the country, it's uh, you know they can't say the same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but here, um, you know, the school department recognized our public safety officials. We've got a great relationship with our fire department. Um, the support of the community is is unbelievable. They stop by the police station and they're dropping off, you know, coffee or you know. Uh, I'm not going to say donuts, Mike. Yeah, okay. But I'll say uh, I'll say pastries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Um, we um, we've been real successful in doing the stuff a truck for the Marshfield Community Christmas. Yeah. Uh, this year we were able to get uh, approximately thirty thousand dollars worth of gifts that were donated from the public, uh, dropped off to the police station where uh, we went and uh, delivered that to Marshfield Community Christmas. And uh, you know we're, we're always you know working with um, the various groups in town. Um, to raise money. The Friends of the Marshfield Animal Shelter have been absolutely instrumental in keeping our shelter up and running. And, um, you know, they've uh, all the different fundraising events that they have. I want to thank them for that. Um, our animal control officer, um, Allie, is uh, um, out of work right now with a, uh, an illness. And we're going to be uh, doing a fundraising, um, a fundraising event for her in July. And uh, we wish her well, and we and we can't wait for her uh, full recovery. Okay. But uh, we've been fortunate to have the support of the community. Yeah, it's it seems that way. It's it's pretty nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, uh, one of the other areas that we're in charge <laughs> of is emergency management. Emergency management. And okay. we are within the ten mile emergency protective zone of the oh, that's right, Pilgrim Nuclear Power Plant. Stuff going on there, right? Okay. Well, um, they're still um, they have officially shut down, but there's still nuclear material on site, and it'll be uh, a number of years before the plant is completely decommissioned. Um, we are going to have to continue to run our emergency operations center, but that uh, funding for the emergency operations center was all uh, conducted through the funding of uh, Entergy. So uh, we're going to uh, hope to continue to receive funds as long as the nuclear material is on site and uh, to continue funding the operation center. 
probably going to be on site for a, a lot of lifetimes past this room. I'm yeah, guess, I would agree. I don't see. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't see it moving. No place. No place to put it. Basically, in the country, right? And That's right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, there were plans to do it, but then the uh, the permits to travel from state to state, from com- through community to community, yeah. is, would be, yeah. you know, I, I would assume alarming. Un- unintended consequences again, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, we can uh, we, we can wrap up a little bit here, early here. There's no big deal. A- any of you guys want to say anything about it? Uh, do you want to add anything, anything about or? the... Uh, DMH stuff? No, yeah, I can, not, yeah, I can cover that in less than a minute. Sure, not, yeah. not, not necessary, but if you'd like to say something before we leave about whatever, be, be my guest. Yeah, Go ahead. Basically, uh, yeah. much like Project Outreach, we have another program uh, that we work with the Department of Mental Health. Yep. Uh, we're trying to you know, do follow-ups with people that are showing signs of mental health issues. Nice, cool. And, wow. um, yeah. and basically, I don't have all the answers, but if people have questions, I, I have an email string um, and phone numbers for, with professionals with, with DMH. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anybody in town that has any concerns about an individual, we're trying to get ahead of the curve here yeah. and, and just offer people help. You know, so, it, it sounds like we're in a town that's small enough to do that, which is pretty yes. cool, actually. Yep. Yeah, yep. really nice. Anything so, else from anybody here? Okay. Any more commercials you want to do for the police department? I, uh, I just want to say I wish the uh, I wish the uh, the seniors uh, good luck on their graduation day today. Okay. And uh, please be safe. I thank the people from Grad Night Live uh, for assisting and keeping them safe uh, on graduation night. Uh, I want to remind everybody that the uh, the Molly Walk will be uh, a week from Sunday on Father's Day, okay. um, taking place right up here at our, our uh, school complex, and uh, that's always a fun way to kick off Father's Day. And I, I really want to thank you, Mike, for allowing us the opportunity to reach out to the public and uh, let them know a little bit of uh, what we do and uh, give them the opportunity to ask us questions. You've been uh, wonderful to work with over the years as uh, chairman of the Waterways uh, Committee and um, all the stuff that you've done for uh, for the town and for me personally. I'd like to thank you very, very uh, much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's uh, we should do this once a year. It's nice to have you guys here. Appreciate that. So, <laughs> All right, uh, Tim, uh, we're out of here, Tim. Are you there? And we'll go from there. Folks, uh, my name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Thanks for texting. And have a good week. Okay. Thank you.